In today's episode, I'm speaking to a sales leader who's not only accomplished as a woman of color in tech sales, but actually grew her career from the position of thinking that being called a salesperson was an insult. You're going to hear some incredible tidbits and one of the most effective acronyms for sales success that I've ever heard. I'm looking forward to sharing Alex Stanley's story. Welcome to Seller's Journey, the podcast where we speak to great sales reps and leaders and share their real stories from start to sales success. Hi, everyone. I'm Joseph Fung, and today we're speaking with Alex Stanley. She's a director of sales at Lane and member of the Revenue Collective. Alex, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. And where are you calling in from today? I'm calling in from my studio apartment in downtown Toronto, Canada. We've got you live in studio. That's perfect. <laughs> it works out. It does. Um, we started off, you're a director of sales at Lane. Uh, not everybody will be familiar with Lane. Maybe you can start us off with the elevator pitch. What's the company? What's the offering? Sure. So Lane is a frictionless and intuitive platform that drives mm-hmm. productivity and efficiencies within the workplace ecosystem. So what that means in layman terms is we support commercial real estate owners and operators. So think big, tall towers in dense market Mm -hmm. centers. Uh, And we help them consolidate all the different elements of a workplace ecosystem. So that's obviously the individual people who work in those towers, the tenants who rent space, um, the property management, ticketing systems, building access, everything gets consolidated into one place. So the owner operators have a really powerful tool to sort of manage everything and aggregate data and make data driven decisions. Uh, And the end users have a single source of truth uh, for anything pertaining to news regarding the building, which obviously is becoming more and more relevant in this reality that we are living Mm -hmm. in. So, you're a director of sales at a wicked tech company. You have the role that so many of our audience aspire to hold. Let's talk about how you got there. What what did you study in school? Was that the goal? I have goosebumps thinking about it. When you put it like that, it's pretty crazy. Uh, <laughs> no, it was not the goal at all. Um, I studied English Lit at U of T, and then I actually went to law school in the UK, but that's a totally different story. Um, wow. I thought I was going to be in marketing. Um, I think it's super common to sort of aspire to have a uh, creative, you know, copywriting centric, brand centric um, career mm. trajectory when you're in your sort of early 20s. Um, but no, uh, I am I'm in sales and I love it. Okay, so English lit, getting into marketing, um, all good stories have a hook. And you you shared with me that your roles in your time in sales started at a Bacardi Black Eyed Peas after party. What's this story? Who would have thought, right? Uh, Yeah, so uh, during uh, my third year of university, um, I was working as a brand ambassador and Mm -hmm. uh, I was was so happy. I was making great hourly money and having so much fun. Mm -hmm. I was on the Bacardi account and the Black Eyed Peas had this Bacardi branded after party at a pretty infamous night infamous nightclub here in Toronto called <laughs> Music. Um, and yeah, working that party, I ended up meeting uh, one of the marketing execs at Bacardi who uh, I was speaking with 
in the context of my job there. And he basically sort of said, you are a very gifted salesperson. And I said, um, I'm sorry, what? Like, I'm in marketing. You're in marketing. I want to talk to you about marketing. And he's like, no, you're <laughs> a salesperson. And I really, honestly, I was taken aback by it. I, uh, my co- The connotation that I had with the word salesperson was really negative. I was like, I'm authentic and I am sincere and I'm not smarmy. And, you know, all of these things that I sort of thought of when I heard the word salesperson Mm. and he actually like, I'm still in touch with him. It's been 13 years. He's been my mentor all this time and has hooked me up with some of really sort of pivotal um, opportunities in my career, but he was absolutely right. So thinking about that, you've got that conversation. I mean, I imagine it's a great party. So let's forget the party and the day after. Uh, but did you did you jump into a sales role right away? You know, was that the moment, or or was there kind of more in the journey before you got into sales? Yeah, no, it wasn't the moment. I um, I ended up pursuing marketing. Um, I, I got sort of a marketing manager position with an appliance company, uh, which you can imagine how glamorous it was. <laughs> um, <laughs> not very. Um, but actually what ended up happening after a few years doing that job is that my phone rang and it was the same gentleman from the Bacardi Black Eyed Peas after party saying, wow, I've got uh, an opportunity for you to run the direct sales channel for my friend's company that just launched. And long story short, I was in a new desk. The CEO of Flow Water flew out from New York, took me for lunch, and I was at a new desk with Flow like 72 hours later, which is only half true because Flow didn't have an office or desks at that point, and I was in <laughs> two. <laughs> and I sort of was thinking, what's the direct sales channel? But, um, you know, we really figured it out. I was able to move from Bank- Toronto to Vancouver to Seattle to Portland to Los Angeles, building out teams in every city, uh, learning on the go. I really think of that period of my life as my executive MBA. I learned so much in that role. Uh, super, super thankful for that role. That's where I became a salesperson for sure. Okay. So I do want to get to some of your next roles, but let's, let's unpackage this a little bit. You said it's your first real sales role. It's where you learned kind of how to be a a sales rep. Uh, What, what surprised you most? Okay. If I'm, if I'm very honest, my first real sales role was selling spa packages door to door. It was a total scam. It was awful. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We'll put that aside. Let's well, talk about flow. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that selling uh, consumer packaged goods, brand new brand with a brand new mm-hmm. value prop. Uh, flow water is uh, Canadian naturally sourced, naturally al- uh, alkaline spring water in a Tetra pack in a box. Um you know, you get a lot of pushback, like I can get water for free out of my tap, you know, why would I pay this much for water? Um, And I think that it was really humbling. Like I I basically started, you know, hit the pavement, I went door to door to like any convenience store, yoga studio, health food store, anything that was sort of uh, parallel to our distribution channel, and sort of strategic where, you know, people would be introduced to the product for the first time in a in an environment where they sort of trust the recommendations of the people that, you know, work there or or own the the various locations. Uh, It was a lot of rejection. It was really hard work. Um, Literally sold like two for one cases of water for like a good six months until we sold enough to justify hiring, you know, teams. So I hired my first team in Toronto within the first sort of six months in that role and then hired a manager and I moved to Vancouver and I, did it all over again, like by myself, 
hitting a quota to hire a team, putting in place a manager, and then Seattle and Portland. And then I spent a year in LA um, building that out before I came home. So I love how you've spoken about all these incredible experiences, because one of the things that's been sitting in the back of my mind was you mentioned how you felt you needed to learn how to sell properly. So you took another rule. I would love to un- unpackage that a little bit. You know, what, what did you feel were some of the gaps and, and what sparked your desire to take on your next role? Yeah, it's a really interesting question. I think, um, like I said, slow, we, I was employee number two. By the time I moved on, I had 20 people reporting to me on my team, uh, five managers and 20 total reports. Uh, and I got out of Flow. It was CPG. It was pretty niche Canadian. And I, I really felt like, you know what? I, I do love sales. I've caught the bug. I love managing, which I <laughs> didn't really realize I would. Um, but I, I did feel like my skill set needed to be honed a little bit. And so that's what attracted me to Xerox, which is where I ended up next. And Xerox is the mecca for sales, right? Like it's it's mm-hmm. internationally acclaimed for their sales training program. And it just seemed like the right next step for me to really sort of hone the skill set um, and become a lot more powerful than I already was from learning kind of on my own. So what do you think was your biggest takeaway from your time at Xerox? They've got, they've got this incredible reputation, this incredible school. You know, What do you think was their biggest impact on, on you? Xerox uh, taught me the science behind sales um, and how predictable it can be if you manipulate the right levers, even just not even outside, like in inside levers of like just being really disciplined and being really uh, introspective and committed to, you know, the activity levels that are necessary to be a successful rep. It's, it's, it's not a surprise, you know, reps who are successful do the right things, focus their energy on the things that matter. They're able to take a huge quota and break it down into quarters and break those quarters down into months and those months down into weeks and those weeks down into days. And they know exactly mm-hmm. what they need to do in order to, you know, overachieve their goal. And so Xerox really, really um, refined that skill set in me. I think it was something that I was sort of haphazardly falling into, but being aware of it and being aware of how to plan around it and holding myself accountable to it was very powerful. I think the uh, the deliberate nature, the way you're speaking about your rule, your journey, the way you think about it, you know, I could, can definitely see how you've been able to to take on increasing responsibility and have the influence you've had. Uh, at the risk of a fast forwarding part of your journey, I'd like to, to kind of unpackage just some of the characteristics that we're possibly skipping over. I mean, having that success in the tech industry as a, a woman in sales, as a person of color in sales, there's a, a ton of interesting intersectionality there. I'd love to hear your take on that in terms of what were some of the challenges or or some of the surprises. You know, it's so interesting because I, I experience every day as a woman of color, I guess. It's, it's mm-hmm. just not normal. I think that the challenges... Um, are there, but your normal becomes your normal. And I think I'm a natural fighter. Something you don't know about me is that I'm a cancer survivor. Um, I overcame childhood leukemia very early on in life. Yeah. So I'm kind of just a fighter. Like people, companies that get me are like, Oh dear, we've got, we've got a fighter. Like I, (laughs) I am, I am a tough little cookie. I'm little, I am five foot two and 90 pounds soaking wet. 
Um, but I am I'm a creator, uh, and I think that that's really helped me. And I think that that helps salespeople in general to just sort of be really sort of certain. I mean, open to coaching and open to growing and all of those good things. But like, there's a a level of certainty that goes a long way, um, and just a a, uh, a relentlessness. It's failure is not an option to me. Success is not a hundred percent of plan. It is you know, overachievement is the goal. Um, you, I really sort of indoctrinate that into my teams. The goal is not to hit 100%. 100% is the minimum. What's the maximum? That's up to you. So um, yeah, I, I think that it's just sort of the way that I am, the way I am. So if you're talking to somebody who's worried about those barriers, maybe they've encountered them or, or they're just apprehensive, you know, what are some of the things you might share with them? about sales or, or success or fighting, you know, how would you characterize it? I think, and I am biased because I do, I am a sales leader and I do love it. Um, Mm. what I think is the most magical thing about sales, especially for a woman or a woman of color is the fact that you, it's one of the only professions I believe where you get out exactly what you put in. So, you know, if you want to mitigate the gender wage gap, for example, you decide you want to make X number of dollars a year, you kind of have full control over backing into how you make that much money. Like as long as you don't have capped commission, which I would never recommend working anywhere that caps your commission. No, absolutely. (laughs) Um, That's a different story. But I mean, you, you have full power over what you make. And I love that, especially in today's world, which is getting so much better than it was 10 years ago, or 20 years ago. Um, but it, to me, it's just really, really powerful. And I think that power is really important, especially to minorities or people with disabilities or people who didn't really have the same footing to stand on uh, until recently, um, the way the face of the workplace is changing so rapidly. Um, sales really doesn't discriminate. I think that if, again, if you have the behaviors and, uh, you're very introspective and committed and willing to very soberly plan, you know, every single day what you're going to do. There's nothing standing between you and your goals. Yeah. I love the way you phrase that, that sense of, uh, kind of autonomy, you know, you, you, your success is in your own hands. And that reminds me of your comments about accountability and about drive and resilience. And you had a fantastic acronym that you used to encapsulate that. Maybe you could share that with our audience. All right. Well, so I would not be a sales leader if I didn't have an acronym I stood by. Uh, <laughs> is, do, do you have it up on a poster on a wall? Not That's yet. That's the key thing. Not yet. Oh, there you go. There, there's room for growth then. Yeah. Always, <laughs> always room for growth. So it's care. Uh, mm-hmm. C is for credibility. The A is for accountability. Mm-hmm. The R is for resilience. And the E is for empathy. Um It's really, it's super, like, to me, it's super simple. And it's the core of what I hold myself to. It's what I look for in people that I hire. Credibility really just boils down to, if you say you're going to do something, do it. If you say you're going to send somebody pricing, you know, by end of day tomorrow, send them pricing by end of day tomorrow. It goes such a long way. Um, And it's a challenge sometimes when there's a lot going on, but it's Mm -hmm. imperative. There's, There's no other option than to do what you say you're going to do, when you say you're going to do it, when you're in sales. Um, The A is the accountability. It's owning your successes and owning your failures. They're both inevitable. So, you know, you might as well get something out of them. Um, You know, I think that 
if you're resilient and credible and empathetic and accountable, care, you're successful in sales uh, every time, 100% of the time, which is very, very exciting. It speaks to that autonomy um, that you kind of summarized my soliloquy with. I think that accountability is a huge part of that. And then there's a resilience, which, you know, is, is more of your typical resilience or drive. Cade doesn't sound as good as care, but um, <laughs> super, super important is, you know, to be able to move past no's. You hear no a lot in sales. It's no big deal. Kind of just got to keep going. Um, it's, it's grueling and humb- humbling and tiring, but if you push through, you know, you're statistically guaranteed success if you if you just keep going. Um, whereas if you stop or let it get you down, that's where you're stuck. So uh, resilience is super important. And then empathy. I mean, empathy is the key to everything. It's what enables you to connect with your potential clients. It's what enables you to figure out what they need and how you or your products can help them solve their problem. Um it's really, to me, the, the secret sauce that's not so secret these days with with the amount of community mm-hmm. building around sales. Uh, but I think if you have all four, if you you know are credible and accountable and resilient and empathetic, you're you're a secret weapon. You're unstoppable. I love the way you you characterize that drive. Like just keep just keep going. Uh, the the Dory mindset. Uh, <laughs> just keep swimming. Just keep, it, yes, a hundred percent. Um, I know I said we wouldn't take too much of your time. Can I ask one more question before the rapid fire questions at the end? Oh, there's rapid fire questions. All right. All right. right. They'll be easy ones. Okay. So the last one, before we get to rapid fire, early on, when you shared that story about the Bacardi Black Eyed Peas party, you said um, you were resistant to that idea of being a salesperson. You said, I'm not smarmy. I'm authentic, et cetera. That idea of authenticity. I'd love to hear what are the things you do or you hold on to to deliver and execute as a salesperson and still feel authentic and be genuine to yourself? You know, how do you how do you balance those and do you see any tension? No, I don't see any tension. Um, I just I don't deviate from who I am, and it's exactly this. Like I'm I'm driven. Um, I'm certain. Uh, I am extremely mm-hmm. empathetic. Um, always have been like just a a sensitive sort of caring person. Um, And it's non-negotiable. Like as far as I'm concerned, I won't work somewhere that that doesn't want me for exactly those reasons, because I think that they are intrinsically tied to my success. And I think that they translate through, um, you know, cold calls and exact value prop pitches all the way up through, you know, hopefully podcasts, and, uh, <laughs> which seems to be my life now. Um, but yeah, I think that that authenticity, it's, I think that's where you get in trouble as salespeople. And I think that's really where that, um, the sort of stereotype that I recoiled from, you know, in that, in that initial uh, after party experience, I think that there used to be a formulaic approach to sales, um, kind of the snake oil salesperson car dealership Mm. that really gave the entire um, industry industry uh, profession a bad reputation. And I think that as things have changed in all the different ways that they've changed in the last 25 years with technological advances and, and people coming together and again, women taking up more space in the workplace. Um, I think that, 
the old way is really outdated. And I think people can sniff it out from a mile away. And if you're not authentic, you're not going to win. I love it. That's that's such a wicked soundbite. If you're not authentic, you're not going to win. Uh, we're definitely going to use that as we promote this podcast because that's perfect. Thank you. <laughs> My pleasure. Okay. You, you are exceptionally eloquent and expressive in the way you answer, uh, but I've got a couple of rapid fire questions uh, and then I promise I'll let you go. Thank you so much for the time. Um, you okay for this? Thank you for having me. I am fired up and ready to go. Okay. Quick. Uh, first answers that come to the top of your head. What's your favorite sales tool? Ooh, uh, CRM. Nice. And then outside of work, movies. What's your favorite movie? Oh, God, this is embarrassing. Uh, my favorite movie <laughs> is uh, <laughs> The Princess Switch. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. No. Authentic. Genuine. <laughs> and when you were a kid, what did you want to grow up to be? When I was a kid, I wanted to be all sorts of different things. I wanted to be a doctor while I was in treatment. And then I wanted to be editor-in-chief of a fashion magazine. And then I wanted to be Ooh. in marketing. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I think I wanted to be a lawyer at some point. I went to law school. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't think I really knew, honestly. There you go. All of the above. We'll check, we'll check that one. All Option of the C. above. Alex, this has been such a delight. I'm so glad you spent the time and shared your story with us. This was incredible. Thank you so much for having me. I really, really appreciate it. it it's truly my pleasure. Uh, thank you. Uh, the, the honor is all mine. And I'm so looking forward to when we get out of uh, working from home and self-isolation and get a chance to, to maybe catch up over coffee in Toronto sometime. That sounds perfect. We'll speak soon. Thanks again.